What's up, guys? We are back. This is The Real Deal with Casey and Jason, where we talk real life, real experiences, and occasionally real estate, and a lot about fitness, Always fitness. again today. So we got a special guest here today. Um, want to introduce Mark, who is a Cecil County guy. Born and, born and raised. Born and raised here in Cecil yep. County. Um, awesome, where, like, where, what part? Here in Chesapeake City or? Elkton. Elkton, Elkton. guy. All right. So right down the street. High? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. One of those Elkton boys Dang, you gotta watch man. out for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's the rival. Yeah. He's the friend, but he's the yeah. rival. <laughs> so uh, just somebody that, you know, we keep in touch with, obviously, more aligned than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just sharing different ideas and kind of, um, you know, we see each other, our family lives and things like that. So we've communicated quite a bit on there and uh, thought it would be, a, uh, you know, you reached out to actually to us and said, you know, I'd love to come on and talk about some different things that we have in common. So welcome, first and foremost. Yeah, well, thanks for being here, man. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, yeah, I really, uh, you know, I watched the first episode and, um, Thank you. you know, my interactions with you guys have been really positive anyway. And I was like, you know, these are some guys that uh, I'd like to go on there and talk with them. They're, uh, you know, some similar mindsets, yeah. uh, driven, you know, care about your, your bodies and mm-hmm. fitness and health and everything. So, uh, you know, I thought it'd be great to come on. Yeah, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah, we definitely do. And this is kind of cool, too, because a lot of the people that we've had on have been either business owners or like in a, well, I guess commission based um, fitness professionals of some yeah. sort. So, and you, your story, you kind of have um, both sides. You work for Gore, right? Yeah, I work as for a four time job. And I have like other friends that work at Gore. They love it there. Yeah. They're like, it is just like an awesome place to work. Great, you know, atmosphere. So, it's, it's what's the biggest employer in the county, I think. I would think so, for I sure. So. I think we're still number one. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, I know uh, there, there are some sure. other growth uh, areas for other businesses, but Gore, I'm pretty sure, is still number one. Yeah, I think you're right. And then other things you're involved with are, um, uh, a couple groups that we'll get into. Yeah. But um, also involved with, you know, different gyms and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, You're much stronger than Casey and I are. Yeah. You guys can't tell. Yeah. Mark's like, you guys look lean. I'm like, yeah. you look you look swole, man. I'm ripping, ripping out of that shirt. <laughs> I need to put some muscle on. I'm sure you guys can outrun me, though, by, by a long shot. Jason, for sure, <laughs> could out sprint. I might be able to get the distance uh, championship. I can still run like a few miles at yeah, least. I can't do I'm like the guy that cardio forgot about. Yeah. <laughs> but I think maybe I need to like, I was just saying, I need to work, rework something like either, you know, calories. I need to lift more, um, probably run less, do less cardio Dude, to lift, put some weight on. Lifting is the way to go, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely start throwing, throwing some weight around. You need to get in the gym. Yeah. I need to get in the gym. Yeah. Lifting can actually burn more weight, though, than people think. Oh, my gosh. You have to so, eat a lot, right? Yes. What do you eat in a day? Do you track calories? Um, you said macros, right? Yeah. I. It depends on what I'm trying to do. If I'm trying to maintain, I'm, you know, 2,500-ish. Mm-hmm. That's not that many, though. I was going to say, no. I expected more, yeah. If I'm trying to maintain lean, yeah. you know, if, um, if I'm trying to get stronger, uh, I'm usually 3,000 to 3,200, somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. a, that's a day of eating right it's there. A lot of food, yeah. man. Yeah, and I enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like to eat too. So right now I'm eating about twenty three or twenty four hundred a day. Okay, but I'm also do, I make sure I do thirty minutes of cardio. I do some resistance, not a lot, yeah. but you know it, it maintains like one eighty five for me. Yeah, but you know I'm not doing like that explosive stuff like right. sprinting. I'm not doing like you know an hour of weightlifting. So. It's pretty, I don't know. I'm used to it now yeah. where I'm not like starving at the end of the day, but 
you know, I do love to eat and I love, <laughs> I, I love some, uh, like some sugar, some yeah, cookies. Yeah, oh my I'm not, God. I'm not doing that right now in 75 hard. That's the one, that's like the thing that I gave up. That's like yeah. the, the diet or whatever they want you to be on. I'm just, I'm trying to go, well, I am, I'm going like no desserts. I'm chocolate fiend, no chocolate, any of that stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually not a proponent of 75 hard because of that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you gotta do something diet wise. For me, I just, I need balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people forget that food is very emotional as well. For sure. Right? Mm-hmm. So it actually lends to our emotional well-being. Definitely. We can also overdo it, right? Yeah. And um, it's very easy to overeat. But for me, I would rather eat strict. And then Sunday night, I like to have my ice cream. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? So, oh, yeah. You know, once a week, that's that's still living, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm still no I'm getting that. That's my, that's my reward. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes it happens a little bit more than Sunday night, <laughs> yeah. but you know. Yeah. Um, I was living every day before, like, leading up to this. I mean, I was eating probably 15 <laughs> or 20 Hershey Kisses like in a matter of seconds. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And all sorts of other chocolate multiple times a day. So this is a much needed break, but I'm oh, with yeah. you. Like normally I, I don't even think twice about it. I, I will eat desserts every time I'm out and yeah. mom brings me. Thank you, Mom. Uh, blueberry muffins, uh, you name it. She just randomly drops off chocolate and food at the house, and I crush all of it. So you do have a you have a metabolism, regardless of like I, you're in good shape, I but you have a metabolism too, and just, you just keep working out. Yeah, just that's your building, secret. Just keep building muscle. Yeah, muscle works for you. Because the most part, yeah. people would see you and be like, "This dude doesn't eat anything." Dude, I love all. F- I eat burgers. Like I think today alone, I've had three burgers. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Actually, I know I have. I yeah. wish I could do that. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I'd be 208 in a heartbeat <laughs> if I started yeah. eating burgers. Yeah. It's true, though. The more muscle you put on your body, the oh, yeah. more calories you need because muscle mass uh, increases your metabolism. Yep. So, 100%. Mm-hmm. the more muscle mass you have, the more you have to eat. Yep. Yeah. You just have to eat the right things. For sure. I talked to Remo this morning, our buddy Remo, <laughs> who's going to be on next week, actually. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if you know Remo. I or, don't. Or seen. He's an Elton guy, guy, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 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 He's, uh, he's actually younger. 2007. Maybe. He graduated. Yeah. He's younger than me. Yeah. Um, but he was a good baseball player, too. Okay. But a good buddy of ours. He's going to be on next week. He's my neighbor. So yeah. this morning, and we're in an accountability group that we started where we check in on Friday mornings. Like, hey, how'd you guys do this week? You yeah. on track to hit your... Uh, hit your goals with your weight or whatever. And I was chatting with him this morning and you know, he was, he's always, he's kind of like you Zang. Like he's, he's like, ah, I stay in pretty good balance. Like I'm not going to cut anything completely out mm-hmm. and I'm not sure he'll get into detail on it, but I'm like, I need that structure or else I'll, I just don't have a, a governor dude. I'll just yeah. go completely off. So me tracking like calories and then I know, all right, if I'm gonna have ice cream with the kids, I'll just take it easy on something else earlier in the day and I'll kind of leave room for it. So yeah. that's worked for me so far, but time to, time to pick it up. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm time to get into the bulking flip, season. Flip the switch, start lifting weights. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so one of the other things, Mark, that, uh, that you reached out about and right after was the episode we did about alcohol and yeah. like creating the best version of yourself and yeah. does it include alcohol? Mm-hmm. And you've been sober now for almost eight years. Eight yeah. years. July 6th will be eight years. Yeah, tell us about that, if you don't mind, man. Like, um, the, whatever you're willing to No, I, I'm, I am 100% transparent about my uh, sobriety. Um, you know, I was really getting consumed by alcohol at one point in my life. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, you know, I've had a lot of people say, hey, you've made it a long time. How have you done it? And I think um, the reality is I just got tired of my own crap. Yeah, man. You know? That's and real. people around me were getting tired of it as well. Yeah. But you and, probably also had lots of people that were enabling it too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't... Uh, just like... You know, being in those settings, you yeah. know what I mean? Everybody, it's just acceptable. Yeah. Well, alcohol is the one substance that people give you a hard time for not using. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, something's wrong with you if you don't use it. Yeah. Nobody ever says to you, why aren't you doing heroin? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, alcohol is that one substance that people, you know, in certain settings will give you a hard time for not using. Yeah, definitely. Um, and or not a hard time, but just you know, it's it seems abstract to them. Yeah, you know, yeah, because it's pressure. so so socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you know, one thing about me, I, I never want to go to a place of judgment on anyone mm-hmm. that's been there and done anything the same or similar to what I've done in the past. Same, right. Yeah. Same. So um, people are struggling out there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like I said, for me. Um, it, it's it landed on my shoulders, right? Um, a lot of people have these theories, you know, they get in arguments about is it a choice or is it a disease, right? At the end of the day, you have to get enough willpower somehow to reach out for help, to, to make the right steps in the right direction to get yourself better. Mm-hmm. And um, it really boils down to self-respect and, you know, developing good mental health for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. The majority of substance abuse problems are related to mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for me, like I was, um, I, I think that shame and guilt Huge. are two of the biggest um, emotions that you carry. And they're like an elephant mm-hmm. on your back. All the time. Right. Man. Because when we're under the control of the substances, we act out of our normal our normal being, our, our normal, you know, personality yeah, yeah. and who we truly are at, at our core. Yeah. Yep. I mean, alcohol is not the problem. Alcohol is just what you do to mask the problem. In it's my the, opinion, it's the symptom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And for me, um, it was this vicious cycle of getting drunk again, making bad choices, mm-hmm. hurting those around me. Right. And you wake up every time whether you've whether you've done something wrong or not, mm-hmm. you wake up every time and you have this feeling, and it's undescribable how much shame or guilt you may feel. And like I said, some of the times you did absolutely nothing; you just got drunk. Is all you did. Yeah. But there's this feeling that that comes over you, and it starts the cycle again. You know. Mm-hmm. And I remember. Um, even after I was sober for a certain amount of time, I woke up one morning and I didn't feel that. And as soon as I didn't feel that, that's when I started reaping the rewards mm-hmm. of sobriety. Yeah. Right. Mm. And how, like, how long do you think this was after you stopped drinking? Probably three months. Okay. You know, um, I was, uh, you know, I was drinking pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, a course of about 10 years. Um, and, you know, I just, I was never a person that had three or four beers. Mm-hmm. I had all of them. Yeah. And, and all the shots that went with it and, 
just whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, out and about or at home or I mean, always any, out and about. Out and about. Yeah. yeah. I, I rarely drank at home. Mm-hmm. Rarely. Um, unless I was completely bored to death and, you know, but I, I was always a social drinker. And I think um, under the surface, I wanted to keep that away from my kids. Mm, gotcha. And I don't think that was conscious. I think that was subconscious then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I was ashamed. You know, yeah. oh, I yeah. didn't want my kids seeing that. You, that. Yeah. Which means you knew what the right thing was. Like you, you knew did. the right thing to do. I did. Yeah. And, you know, um, your kids know more than you think. Oh, yeah. Big time. Right. That's been a big driver for me that, yeah. <clears throat> you know, the past couple months since I haven't had anything at all to drink. Um, but even looking back over the past couple of years, it's like, I don't want my kids to grow up seeing, you know, and and alcohol, you know, whatever it is, being a focus that's not them. You know, right. I don't want them to see me focusing on anything but them. I want them to look back and think about how, you know, engaged I am and involved I am because I find that, you know, even we take the boat out or whatever and it's like, you're out there with a group of friends and you almost like your, your attention gets diverted from your family, your kids. And it's more on, um, you know, what, what are we drinking today? Right. Yeah. We're like, where's the cooler? Right. Yeah. And that's happened to me before. And I didn't like that feeling. Yeah. So you're right. Your kids definitely soak it in. Mine are young, but they still see it. And even now, like that, I haven't had a drink this year. They're like, you know, they'll say like comments like, well, daddy's not going to have anything to drink or, you know, if I'm eating well, they're like, well, daddy's not going to have the cupcakes. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. man, they watch every single thing. Mm-hmm. And they they and they retain it. They do. They definitely pick up more that they see than what you tell them. Yep. So it would be very hard for me to tell them when they get older, like, hey, you know, maybe this is something you don't want to do. Or maybe yeah. you should eat healthy or maybe you should exercise if they're not watching me do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this takes us to, so you're involved with a group that we were talking about that. Well, just tell us about it. You, you give us the background on it. Uh, yeah, so I'm a volunteer for uh, an organization called The Phoenix. Yep. Um, and it's a um, national sober outreach community. Um, so the concept is um, there's an app that you can download on your phone. Mm-hmm. It's on you know um, iPhone or Android, either one. Um, it's called The Phoenix. That's what the app is. Um, and, you know, the concept is to create this nationwide active community, right? So um, I volunteer for them and I host uh, free workouts. So the cost of admission to be a member of the Phoenix is 48 hours of sobriety. Love that. Gotcha. So you can download this app, you can log into it, look look in, and um, what it does is it gives you within a certain radius of where you are, these are all the activities that are available. That's cool. And it's not just fitness. Um, there are things like just hikes. There are um, all different kinds of activities that you can go to. Um, and it's steadily growing. So uh, a friend of mine, um, her name is Chelsea. She was a, a gym member with me. And she moved away uh, a few years ago. And she got a new job with this organization called The Phoenix. Mm. And they have, um, they're in a partnership with CrossFit. And uh, Chelsea was telling me about it. And, you know, just the idea of getting people active and um, offering something for people in recovery to keep themselves active, keep their mind off of, you know, the tough things that they deal with in life. And, um, you know, just getting them doing something, you know, was really attractive to me. So I spoke with her and we actually um, 
hosted the first workouts in Maryland for the Phoenix. That's great, man. Um, at DB4 Fitness. And, um, you know, just recently we, um, we worked with the folks at CrossFit Petrum in Middletown. They now host uh, Phoenix events. Um, and we're getting ready to go live at uh, CrossFit Equity in Elkton as well with, with Phoenix events there. And we have some other gyms locally that we're, we're looking to expand the, the program to. That's so, cool. And so it's uh, every so I mean, kind of like at your availability whenever you're able yeah. to host one of those events. Yeah. I've, I've been doing them um, one night a week every two weeks. Nice. So um, if I get more participation, I'll do it some more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just... It's not always easy to get people there, um, but we are getting some traction. And, uh, you know, great. the Middletown group, they're, they're starting to get some some different folks each week as well. So mm-hmm. um, they've graciously um, staggered their program with mine. So, you know, I'll have one this week. They have one next week. So there's mm-hmm. a, uh, an available workout for people every other or every week. Got at it. One location or the other. And do you find that people come out? And it's the same people that generally will attend, or is it a different group, or what do you? We've had a core, yeah. um, but we are starting to get you know more people filter in, and they filter out. Yeah, you know. So. Is there? Do you speak at all about kind of sobriety and kind of your experience? And I mean, because I'm sure that if somebody um, new is coming in, like you know, they're going to kind of want to understand the, the group a little more. We do. We go through, um, you know, the just the community standards of the Phoenix at the beginning of the session. Um, I often do an icebreaker question yeah. after that to get everybody kind of relaxed and opened up a little bit. And yeah, then we go it. through warm up and work out. That's cool. Um, and at the end, we typically, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk as a group and, and share stories and things like that. You know, one of the things that I regularly share um, with the group is just, how fitness has benefited me, mm-hmm. um, you know, not just physically, but mentally, especially uh, mentally. Yeah. And, and that's the bigger bang for the buck really is mental, <laughs> mental health. And, um, I find that if you can put yourself into a situation that's challenging, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm a CrossFitter, right. And, um, you know, our workouts are generally high intensity, right? Mm-hmm. So, they really challenge you physically, which has a mental impact on you in the moment. Um, you know, your brain's telling you things like you need to stop. You can't do it anymore. <laughs> you can't do this. This hurts. Yeah. You know, you're going to die. Slower. You can't breathe. Yeah. Um, but the reality is that's when you need to push harder. And that's where the mental toughness starts to develop. Yeah, growth. You know, and um, one of the things I really stress is that that mental toughness you can develop in physical exertion. Exertion can benefit you in everyday life, right? With with dealing with the stressors and strains of bills and kids and relationships and, you know, everything that just we face, we're faced with every day. Yeah. And it's the same chemical reaction, right? That, that you're getting exposed to that allows you to kind of adapt and deal with it. Yeah. Um, and this this all ties into we chatted a little bit about this before we started, but so the the whole idea of getting sober um, and also the mental health aspect of yeah. it and how that ties in. So um, you were sharing some thoughts on that kind of before we started that you know men in in general and I say men especially don't really have I don't want to say they don't have an outlet, but probably are just less likely to talk about 
mental uh, issues or struggles or things that they're dealing with. Um, you know, I, I don't know why that is, but we feel maybe like we can't share stuff like that because it makes you seem like there's a stigma about it for y- sure. Yeah. So what's your experience with that? And like some of your thoughts on that? So I, I think for me, one of the biggest things um, that's made me successful in sobriety to date, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we always got to keep working. At, um, yeah. Nonstop. Is learning to manage ego. So as men, um, we are around egotistical behavior our entire lives, right? Um, sports, right? Fitness, right? It's all, a lot of it's ego driven. Mm-hmm. Ego is right? the enemy, bro. Yeah. Ego is the enemy, but it's, it's also, uh, it works in our favor if we can control it. Sure. Right. And, you know, I'm as guilty as they come of someone who has had ego problems in the past. Um, I'm sure I still show glimpses of glimpses of it today, yeah, but it's something yeah. that I'm working really hard to not do. Right. And I think for me, um, as I've gotten older, one of the, one of the realizations I've come to is that being a strong man is not what people think it is in general. Right. Doesn't mean that you have to be some tough guy and, that you have to go around, you know, boasting about how tough you are and how badass you are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, being, you know, a strong man is about also showing compassion for people, right? And supporting other men and supporting your loved ones and being there for them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's real strength. Yeah. Um, you've got to be vulnerable in those situations. It's easy to say, Man, get over that and toughen up. You know, mm-hmm. like that's that's what we've heard our whole lives as men. Yeah, and it's also why men are killing themselves. Yeah, you know, um, and it's a shame we're losing good people because there aren't enough outlets for them to speak up. And you know, one thing for me has been um, those that I surround myself with. Absolutely. You know, I went through a couple things in my life um, that had me pretty down. And one of the reflections I made was, who did I have around to talk to? And if you can't, if you don't have those men in your life, mm-hmm. um, you need to really assess, like, I call it my own personal board of directors. Yeah. Right? You need to assess that if you don't have those men in your life that you can actually talk to and have a conversation that's meaningful. Yeah. And say, hey, man, I'm struggling right now. Vulnerability is so important. Yeah. I mean... To be able to share the things that are eating at you yeah, all the time. You got to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, how many men do that we know, that we know are good people, right? How many of them, though, would, would never say to us, man, I'm scared that I might not make my bills next month. I'm mm-hmm. scared. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a real feeling that we all have. Yeah. Like, no matter how tough we think we are. Yeah. Right. And, um. You know, I just I think it's so important that we teach each other to let our guard down. And you know, a lot of people think, "Oh, you're man, you're getting soft. You're getting soft." No, that's that's not soft. Being around mm-hmm. and being healthy and having a good state of mind is way different than being soft. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, I think you're right too. It takes some vulnerability, but it you know it also takes responsibility on our end to be the one that's reaching out. Yeah. <clears throat> you know because. 
for example, the program that, that you run with the Phoenix that you're a part of, but with these other issues as well, sometimes that person won't reach out and we kind of have to take it on our own shoulders to know that we have to be reaching out to our, yeah. our people as well and saying, dude, you, we have to check in, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, that for accountability and just to make sure that, you know, if, uh, if somebody's struggling that we're keeping in, in touch with them. So I encourage everyone to do that. I, I have a daily practice that I don't always get to daily, but I'm pretty consistent about sending, I'll just literally go through my phone from A to Z on contacts. And when I come across your name on there, you're getting a text that day that says, you know, hope you're well, you know, how you doing? Um, you know, good seeing you on Facebook, but we don't really communicate with each other. Like mm-hmm. it used to be a phone call, right? We used to have a lot of phone calls back in the day. Now it's like you see people on social media, you might comment, you know, give them a thumbs up. But, you know, I encourage everyone to reach out and try to just connect with with your people because they, they might need to hear from you that day. Yeah. And you don't know that. And if you don't take that action, then, you know, you're, you're leaving that out there. Um, Ed Milet talks about that a lot where are you familiar with Ed Milet? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and his dad getting sober um, and Ed had this like realization after his dad passed away. He was like, somebody helped my dad. And he's like, they didn't even know what was going to happen when they helped my dad. And then he stayed sober for 35 years. Then he had me and I, you know, impacted these millions of lives. Somebody literally just went out of their way to help his dad and say, dude, I know what you're going through. I'm here for you. You know, come join this group or whatever it was. So I, I just think we can't, we can't minimize the impact that we have with just these, we call them small actions, but like you impact one person's life and the ripple effect of that can be massive for sure. Yeah. I'll tell you an eye opener for me was losing my father. Yeah. Same. Right? <laughs> You're an adult and it doesn't become real until you lose them. And then, you know, I remember when I lost my father um, and I knew it was coming. Right. And we were prepared for it, but I wasn't prepared for how I would feel after. And it wasn't just missing your father. It wasn't like, you know, the, the sorrow that comes with that. It was about I'm on my own. And even though you've been okay and you've been successful as, mm-hmm. you know, your own man up until that point. Yeah, but it always felt like you had a fault, like somebody to fall back on almost. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's not always consciously viewed that way sure, yeah. until they're gone. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So subconsciously, you always have that safety net, if you would. Yeah. And then, um, you know, once my dad was gone, it was a realization that, wow, you know. I'm on my own. It's all yeah. on me now. No, yeah. It is. Like now now there's more responsibility from a family perspective than there was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. And um, no matter what the situation was before, right? It's different when when something like that happens and for me I lost um you know really all of the father figures in my life uh within a, a few year period. Um you know, one of my mentors at work, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a tradesperson, you know, a machinist by trade. And um, my mentor that got me started in that, you know, he was much older than me and he was a great guy. Um, but, you know, he passed away. And then um, a really good friend of mine that was older than me passed away. And, and uh, you know, I lost my father and just, you know, my uncle, uh, my grandfathers, you know. So mm-hmm. I came to a realization that, like, I'm the last one in the family Mm -hmm. and I have me to rely on now. Right. Yeah. Um, And I think that was also motivation for me to say, 
you better get your act together. Step it up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? What when, when was that? Their dad passed away. Uh, my dad, it'll be five years uh, next month. Okay. I can relate to that feeling. So I felt this, you know, obviously the same way. And my dad and I were so close. Yeah. That he was not only my dad, but it like, you know, best friend, mentor, same. somebody that, you know, like these conversations that you might not feel comfortable having with even your closest friends. Yeah. My dad was my guy that I would talk to. Yeah. So losing that was, you know, it was kind of like a triple, you know, just it was, man. It's like very devastating to, to lose that person in your life. But it does give you a feeling of responsibility mm-hmm. that it's just hard to hard to put your head around. You know, it's kind of like when you're young, you always look you look to the people older to kind of lead the way, if that makes sense. Like you're kind of like I'm, I'm in the boat, but I'm not steering, steering it. Steering the ship. And then when you get to that point, and as you get older in your life, and you start to lose those people, it's like you look around, like I need to be the one steering this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we need to be the ones steering this thing. Well, yeah, I think that's why it's so important. Like you were talking about, Mark, to develop that group of friends that is that, uh, you know, that that family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because at some point, there those people that, you know like our fathers when they're gone, you know, what, if you don't have that support system already built in, I mean, things can really spiral. I mean, I'm for, I have not lost my father, but you know, I've lost people in my life like that. Yeah. Um, So having that system in place and Casey talks a lot about accountability. I mean, that's one thing that I fall down on a lot. I don't reach out to enough, uh, as many people as I should. Um, And I admire those things. You know, you guys seem like you're, you're doing really great things in that regard trying yeah yeah same i mean it's just a it's it's a goal of mine to do that more for sure but i think that's part of the reason why we we started this podcast Mm so a huge reason why is that we were having a lot of conversations just between us that um you know we're like we should share this because other people would relate other people are going through the same stuff you know they would have these same conversations just like this just right across the hall yeah yeah and and this is you know this is our way too of of trying to bring some light to things, mm-hmm. you know, or um, expose people to things that they might not know about, like the Phoenix group. You know, if you're out there, if you're struggling and you want to get, um, you know, in better shape, you want to get better uh, mentally, you want to stop drinking so much, the cost of admission is free, but it's 48 hours of, of sobriety. sobriety. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, definitely reach out to to Mark on that and find the app. Um yeah, because the community, I think, is so important. The people that you surround yourself with, they really do. You do become a, you know, a sum really of the five people that are around mm-hmm. you. We'll say four or five people. Yeah, absolutely. That's why it's important to find people that, that lift you up. Yeah. And that you, and, you know, you, you have that same effect on others as well. And I, I mean, I have friends. I'm fortunate because I even have friends that aren't sober um, that are 100% supportive of me. Yeah, yeah and definitely. It's unbelievable when you have people in that situation in your corner, right? Mm-hmm. So they're, they just accept what you're trying to do and, you know, they don't make it seem weird or odd, um, you know, just because you don't drink and they just, you know, you carry out your normal mm-hmm. friend interactions and, yep. um, you know, not much is said about it. Yeah. And that's, that's the best way to support somebody that's, that's sober is by, don't make a big deal no, out of it. Yeah. Just, to it. you yep. know, offer them a water or a soda and, yeah. and move on, yeah. you know, if, if you're at a party or something or out. And um, that, because that's all that really matters. We're not there, you know, we're there for the interaction and for the, you know, the community, not for, um, you know, the drinking. Yeah. 
and when we are ready to leave, we can leave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, and we'll drive all of you guys home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah I, th- I thought about that when I did seventy five hard. I'm like, man, it's going to be hard because I'm going to be in these <laughs> these places, and then I had never went two weeks without drinking when I did seventy five hard the first time, let alone seventy five days. Yeah, and I'm like, man, I just I, I thought it would be harder for me, but all my friends, like I, you know, kudos to them because they never. It was never a thing. They yeah. weren't like. I got. I feel the same way about my friends. Yeah. yeah, and that's awesome that you know that we have those people. And you know, if you <laughs> if you have a different experience, you know, maybe rethink <laughs> rethink the friends that you're uh, <laughs> that you're hanging out with if they're trying yeah. to force something on you. But no, it's good that that we all have that. We're we're lucky in that regard. Yeah, you know, to be surrounded by good people like that. Anything else you want to touch on? Any other any other topics or things you want to hit on, Mark? Um, just one thing I do want to share is that, um, you know, if people are struggling, whether it be with substance abuse, whether it be, um, you know, a mental health issue, reach out, right. Mm -hmm. Um, find a friend that you can talk to. Um, don't turn to that bottle or that substance, you know, for another day, just, you know, have a conversation. And if you don't, feel like you can have that conversation with anybody in your life, you know, reach out to one of us. I'm sure any of the three of us would be willing to have a conversation. Um, You know, something else I want to share is that um, I also uh, sit on the board of directors for Voices of Hope Maryland, um, which is a recovery program here in Cecil and Hartford counties. And um, we offer a lot of services to people that are struggling. So, um, you know, if if you are struggling and need help, uh, that's definitely an avenue. Love that. And how do they find, so just a Google search, they can find yeah, that, Voices yeah. of Hope? Yeah, Voices of Hope Maryland. And it's on, um, you know, internet search, Google search. Um, we have Facebook page, everything. So, And what's the, um, just a little bit more about that, what's the, you know, the mission behind that? And what do you guys do? Do you have events for that as well? Yeah, we, we um, host a lot of fundraising events, you know, um, a lot of sober events. Um, we actually have a... Um, um, an event coming up in Harford County. Um, it's a bull roast. It's actually, uh, there will be alcohol served down <laughs> there, nice. right? okay. which there's been some, um, you know, people have been like, really, you're going to have an, an event with alcohol. But, you know, that's one of the things that for me, um, just because there's alcohol in an event doesn't mean that people that have the ability to drink responsibly, you know, can't come there and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not a promotion of, of drinking. It's just an option for that people have that they can they can take advantage of if they want to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really it's critically important because. I think there's a division in sober communities and folks that aren't sober. Right. And there's I would classify there are groups of people that are sober. There are groups of people that drink and can't control it. And there are groups of people that can drink and control it. Right. And, um, they're all mixed in together everywhere. But, you know, um, like a lot of these events we talk about, um, are they sober events? Well, how many people are there that actually do drink, but they're just not drinking that event and can build relationships with people and help spread the word and help those who are in need. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, it's about your community. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to clarify that a little bit. Before, yeah, definitely. I, I know on uh, there's been a little bit of buzz on social media about <laughs> some of that. But, yeah. But, yeah, it's a fundraising event. And, um, you know, uh, Voices of Hope offers all kinds of recovery services. Um, they even do they have uh, a harm reduction program, which 
um, a lot of people don't know about. Um, they just made the Wall Street Journal. There was an article in there that featured Voices of Hope in it. And wow. um, one of the things was about the wound care program. Um, there are some significant drugs in our community that people are unaware of. And, you know, one of them is xylazine, which is um, something that's being, um, you know, other drugs are being laced with that. And it mm. actually eats your flesh. Ugh. You know, and um, we have specialized resource people that know how to treat those wounds and, and help people out for something like that. And mm. uh, just, you know, uh, 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 an array of other services that are offered as well. But, um, you know, it's, it's a really good program and, and you know, ha- um, you know, a really positive uh, thing for the community. Sounds like it. Yeah. Well, kudos to you, man, for volunteering for these different things, yeah, because it's, you know, it's a it's a sacrifice, right? It's time away from your your hobbies, you know, the hunting and fishing that we like to do. Yeah. Um, you know, from your, your, your kids, your boys. Um, so kudos to you for, for stepping up and doing that because, you know, you look around, right. If, if someone doesn't step up, then, then how do these things grow? Exactly. Ground in general. Yeah. So great calls, man. I appreciate you doing that. And, um, yeah, it was awesome. It was good sitting down and chatting with you finally. And, uh, and we'll be sharing this out there so that, you know, other people, hopefully this helps someone. And um, guys, if you are listening, always drop us a drop us a line, leave us a thumbs up, uh, subscribe for us. The The channel on YouTube has been awesome. It's been growing every week, which mm-hmm. is means we're reaching more and more people, which is really exciting for us because this is something that, um, you know, we try to bring things that help the community. That's it. It's going to help you kind of stuff. Yeah, you, you guys were talking about that before we started the podcast a little bit about, you know, I heard you say, we want to we want a place to start community, yeah. right? Yeah, and this is a great avenue for that, right? Just this yeah. podcast itself, and um, that's why I'm pretty energized about it. And I was glad to come on with you guys. Thank um, you, man. I think you have a real chance to make an impact. Thank you, brother. That's awesome. We appreciate, appreciate that. that, guys. Until next time, this has been the real deal. See ya. See y'all. See ya. <laughs>